We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. And welcome in, welcome in. It is Monday morning, October 24th. And Eric, here we are again, plunged in the depths of the core of the world of suck. Denver Broncos fall to the New York Jets at home, 16 to 9, and fall to two and four, two and five for the season. God, two and five for the season. And here we are again, uh, just when you think it can't get any worse, it's worse. But uh, we're here to talk and hopefully cope you guys through and give you guys a, a chance to um, voice your frustration, as I'm sure everybody's feeling it as well. Eric, good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I know it's it's early for me. It is that much more butt crack early uh, for you out there in Alaska. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, no problem. And just... The fact that I'm willing to get up this early to talk about how bad this team is is shocking to myself, but here I am, and I'm ready to say what there can be said. Yeah, it's uh, it's rough, but it's also just football. <laughs> I keep you know telling myself that there's other things going on. It's supposed to be a distraction, and it's a frustrating distraction right now, but in the overall echelon of time, this team is eventually probably probably going to figure it out, right? Uh, maybe it's a f- three-year window because of Russell Wilson. Uh, the, who knows? Uh, but uh, we do. This is me. This is I'll just call myself out on this. This is me coping really hard right now. We have the richest owner in sports. They're going to toss money at it, I hope, until they at least get a better product out there. Because right now, the product freaking stinks. Uh, let's say hello to some people in the chat. Colin Wood saying, well, here we are again. Somehow, the, the minute Brandon McManus missed that extra point, uh, that would have tied the game. I knew it would be your goners. This team is just snake bit. Yeah, everything that can go wrong does. Uh, luckily, I guess let's um, some positives in the game. The Broncos had two, two or three injuries uh, that I'm aware that occurred when I was watching it. Both those guys, I believe, came back out on the field, uh, Jerry Judy and uh, Kawan Williams. So as far as I know, typically, you know, you get on the injury report on Wednesday and it's like, oh, my God, that guy got hurt. And now he's out for the freaking, you know, next <laughs> three months. But um I don't think any significant injuries happen for the Broncos side of things. Uh Mike Boone, Mike Boone. has a bad injury. We're yes. unsure about Cameron Fleming. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. Mike Boone. Yeah. And he was looking 
pretty good uh, early on there, giving the Broncos some explosive runs, uh, running hard and uh, suffers an injury. The Broncos make a move uh, today or last night, uh, bringing in Marlon Mack uh, from the 49ers practice squad. Marlon Mack, former fourth round pick, fifth round pick, uh, very end of the fourth round or very beginning of the fifth round, I think, from the University of Southern Florida with the Colts for a number of years. And now in Denver, I think a good fit uh, for the outside zone offense uh as a runner not the best uh protector but uh yep uh collinwood we feel you we got jeremy sean in the house saying good morning nick and eric who would have imagined we'd be here man not even the biggest detractors i think it's pretty it's it is wild to be watching this team be this bad especially on the offensive side of the ball uh maybe the team playing can fly through the bermuda triangle on the way to london and the season will reverse itself yeah we talk about you know tragedy happening on this this team is tragic right now but uh there can be things that are worse than this so uh let's hope i, I appreciate the, <laughs> the joke there kevin gray coming in morning broncos country nick scott eric's here today um but fans in 68 the worst offense in the league uh want to hear uh what it's the worst offense i think it's ever seen uh denver broncos for life yeah it's uh it's horrible eric what is going on like what the what the heck is going? On? I feel like Jim uh, in uh, the office, you know, what is going on? The the classic <laughs> giver meme there. I, everything is falling apart. The wide receivers aren't living up to expectations. Your best running back is hurt. And now your top two, of your top three running backs are hurt. Your other running back is having Instagram tirades and pouting on the sideline. And when he's not fumbling the football, the offensive line is absolutely horrible. And the quarterback is, looks like a bottom five, bottom 10 in the league. And then you play a backup who is an undrafted free agent for an obvious reason. And uh, this team on offense stinks. They stink out loud. Yeah, I mean, it starts with the coaching and it works its way down. I mean, it's I saw a lot of everybody saying, oh, this was definitely it's all on Hackett, like an absolving Russell Wilson of blame. But to me and not trying to crap on Wilson, he didn't play. Hopefully he gets better and all that. But when your backup quarterback has a comparable game to your franchise quarterback you traded for, that right there screams to me not only is it an issue of the coaching, it is an issue of that franchise quarterback. We yeah. saw the issues clear as day with um, Hackett. I mean, Brett Rippon shouldn't be running the same offense Russell Wilson is. Russell Wilson shouldn't be running this offense either. And you're not adjusting anything for it. Early on in the game when they're on the script – you're playing to your quarterback strengths a little bit more than you get off of that. You get to being this pocket passer, these deeper, longer routes that take time to develop and things fall apart, getting the ball out quickly, moving to the pocket that worked with Brett Rippon earlier in the game a little bit. It's worked with Russell Wilson, but that's still not what Hackett wants is doing. And a lot larger reason for that is that's not what Russell Wilson wants to do. But it didn't matter because Rippon came in and we were still doing it and still not playing to the quarterback strength. So that is what is definitely on Hackett. Uh, yeah, I just keep coming back to the Broncos. And with Brett Rippon, I thought it was a little bit better. I mean, we saw – I'm, I'm going to take, I guess, a small victory lap here because I need something to feel better about <laughs> this uh, season. But the mismatch pairing of Jerry Judy to Russell Wilson, a lot of people are like, oh, Jerry Judy's going to be amazing with Russell Wilson. I'm like, ah, the quick game's not really Russell Wilson's strength. Uh, the he's accurate deep, but we see, and we see that from Judy sometimes, but you got to be able to, you know, rise up and kind of make some contested catches down the field for a lot of those. You know, not, not a lot of times dusting uh, players. It's not really Judy's game as far as vertically uh, doing that. And we see Rippon come in and he, what is it? Seven catches for 96 yards or something along those lines. Judy has a great game. And uh, 
for, you know, for his career standards, at least, and Rippon probably a little better fit there. So uh, interesting to see that. I also do want to talk a little bit of positives. I thought the pass protection in this game held up a little bit better than they had been so far this season. Now we're talking about, you know, like from bottom three to bottom 10 in this game, the Jets, I mean, Quinn and Williams had an amazing game. He was all over the field. I mean, Lloyd Cushenberry is probably going to be checking under his bed in his closet for Quinn and Williams uh, for the rest of the week because he just beat him so bad. Uh, but I thought the pass protection was solid. And also I think uh, we kind of were pretty critical of George Payton's previous draft class, especially day two, uh, mainly the Nick Benito pick, which hasn't really, I mean, it's too early to write that one in ink even, but uh, Greg Dulcich, way too early to uh, talk about him as well, but a really good game, a really good uh, two games so far. He looks legit. He looks about a hundred times better than Alberto Cuevanam did already the Broncos best tight end. So uh, trying to think a little positive thoughts. Do you have any other positive thoughts here before we keep going in the chat here? Um, on the offensive it, side of the ball. On the offensive side of the ball. <laughs> Maybe not. I took um, a pass protection was okay. When, Greg when it's all said and done with the offensive line, um, they did look a little bit better. I do wonder how much getting the ball out a little bit quicker helped. Not mm. that not having the tendency to hold on to it as long as we have with Russell Wilson. But Quinn Miners looks legit. Like he had a he had very few losses in this game. And the few times that he was matched up against Quinn and Williams, he absolutely shut him down. And uh, John Franklin Myers was consistently pretty shut down. Like he had a really good game, couple misses, but I mean, he's showing his development, which is great to see. So you have one out of five right now that you can build on maybe two out of five, but with the way the season is going and how you're going to have to make moves next off season with a less than stellar, capital in the war chest maybe you have to consider some moves with garrett bulls there in his contract given how flexible it is we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, but my thing is, is you already have to fix three spots on the sure. offensive line. Yeah. And right now they still do have limited draft capital yeah. and their money is they still have guys that they need to resign. Draymond mm-hmm. Jones being among them. And it's just how can you 
for this year anyways, how can you cut your left tackle and make the offensive line even weaker and then potentially spend even more to go and try and upgrade it? It's For me, it's a ride with them for 2023 and then after next season, look to replace it because hopefully by then you've figured out something with right tackle, center, and left guard. Yeah, no, absolutely. It'll be interesting to see. It's just that contract, how flexible it is. I could see yeah. them approaching him with a Graham Glasgow special where they mm-hmm. increase the guaranteed by a lot, saying, like, you're here no matter what. Uh, if we cut you up, we're going to take a big hit, so it's not happening. Um, but uh, maybe lower lower that cap hit by $3 million, which is another you know veteran contract on this roster mm-hmm. that could make a difference. Uh, so we got Bama X coming in here saying, uh, well, good morning, Broncos country, and happy Monday. Congrats on your win on Saturday, Bama X. Uh, I don't think the Hawkeyes played on Saturday, so I'm not going to talk about that. Uh, and don't worry, ladies and gents, uh, 2024 will be our year. Yeah, maybe it'll be 2026, but uh, who knows? Uh, but uh, this is a rough one so far, no doubt. Travis Hudson coming in saying, we stink. Yes, we do. Uh, Ashton coming in saying, I didn't even watch the game until I could see the condensed game. Best choice of my weekend. Broncos country is going to start making that choice. I saw, talked with... Uh, friend of mine i'll call him friend because we talk good often he came out here and uh we hung out in seattle for a bit andrew mason talking about just how absolutely lifeless the stadium was and no energy considering as a one score game pretty much the entire game broncos country right now they don't i mean it's it's hard to uh it's hard to care um this is probably the most we've had worse seasons in my opinion and worse teams than this over the last five six seasons this is by far the most disheartening because there's not really much hope uh outside of this you know the structure right now you know you are you paid russell wilson that big contract you don't have the top picks this year you lost that flexibility uh that you had built up going for it this year which you know i'm not going to talk out of both sides of my mouth we you know yay george payton going for it finally like we you built up this and you did something you got to hit it though uh when that comes down and unfortunately so far it's looking like not a hit too early to write the book completely on russell wilson's career in denver it's been bad so far but uh, it's the russell wilson trade the extension, and then, of course, this coaching staff, uh, which we'll get into here, I'm sure, soon. Yeah, I mean, there's not much more to add to that. I mean, it's so disheartening to watch it. I mean, we're coming to a situation where next week I try to watch every game live. I'm not next week. I'm not getting up at 530, 5 o'clock in the morning to go watch the Broncos and the Jaguars play in London. Like, this team, <laughs> as even though I get paid to cover them, like – I'm not like I'll go and I'll watch the condensed game on it. And it's just a, uh, it, it's hard because I mean, you, for me anyways, I want to watch them. I want to watch them live, but I want to see them do well. And when they're doing poorly and then there's no self-awareness from them after the game and their press conferences from the coaching staff and the players where it's all, we want to do better. I have like um, Justin Simmons and Mike Purcell's comments the last couple of weeks of at some point we got to show it like we can keep talking about it, but until we do it, it's just talk. Like I've liked those kind of comments they've had, but it's only from them. Everybody else has been, Oh, it'll get better. Like, well, when like the fans are paying for a product, a that's supposed to be a good product that was hyped up as a good product for so long. And this is what we're getting the most inept offense that we've seen in my lifetime from the Broncos. Yeah. It's bad. Uh, not a well-coached team, not a very talented team on the offensive side of the ball, a very injured team as well. We got to be real with it. Um, but yeah, that's uh, pretty much everybody, every single unit and position on the offensive line and the wide receivers and whatever has failed to live up to expectations. I can't even think of one player. 
I can think of a couple players actually. Cam Fleming, way overplaying expectations uh, so far. Good for him. Other than that, though, I mean, is there a single player on the offensive side of the ball that is playing above what you were just baseline expected this season? So are we taking out production? Yeah, yeah, because like actual ability, not like because Hamler. NBA, you think Hamler's done better than what you expected this year? Yeah, I mean, he's getting open. He's, yeah. I think it's not that he's only doing better than what I expected. He's being better earlier than I expected. I still thought that about now is when we start getting Hamler back, but he is definitely doing better. And then Jeremy actually comes in with Dulcich, and Dulcich is another one. Even yeah. though it's been two games, he's definitely exceeded expectations already. Yeah, in those two games, I agree. Yeah. Um, want a little broader sample size. Can't though. I uh, hope he's healthy because God, we just can't take any more injuries. Uh, Addison coming in here four nine nine. Thank you so much, Addison, getting us started here at the Super. Saying, hate to say it, but we need to trade anyone we can to get decent value to recoup recoup for what we lost in the Wilson trade. This is an all time low. Yeah, uh, Eric, is the fire sale started? I don't think it started and. When I see fire fire sale, I think anybody and everybody is available. I don't think that's really the case. I think there are three or four players that definitely are. One of them has been inactive for two games in Albert Okwebenam, Bradley Chubb, who I don't think they should move. I think it would be a bad idea to move on from him, but he seems to be a popular one. Simply because they made their moves to for life without Bradley Chubb. Bringing in Randy Gregory, moving Baron Browning, drafting Nick Benito those are moves to help them move on from Chubb and he's probably the guy they can get the most for Jerry Judy I mean yeah he had his big game with Brett Rippon he's had a couple big moments with Russell Wilson but it's been luck and broken coverages where we're seeing Judy shine with Russell Wilson and then when it's actually based off the route running there's always seems to be a miscommunication and then KJ Hamler I mean as I was talking about he's getting open he's just not getting utilized so may as well try and find something that you can get for him. Those are the guys that I think that, that are on the move. I mean, and if you're talking fire sale, then I think you are looking at moving Draymond Jones and trying to get something for him. You're trying to move on from a couple other young guys that are on um, cheaper deals and just getting anything you can for anyone you can, basically. The thing that stinks about that is that it probably pushes the clock back again like another two years because the you're talking to then about draft picks. Do they even hit? You have to reassess the roster. Then 2023 then becomes another evaluation transition season. Uh, it's, it makes it rough. And like right now, do you even trust any of the guys, especially on the offensive side of the ball, forget the scheming and the game coaching, like development of a lot of these players as well, you know, putting them in positions to succeed um, square pegging round hole this offense so far this season. So we'll see, but it's been rough. I don't know about the, uh, the full-on fire sale, but uh, trades are probably coming. And uh, God, probably the Broncos. I think Broncos probably lose to the Jags next week. Just sit with Wilson again. Give him the bye week, and then hopefully just use the last half of the season as an evaluation. But uh, Broncos did make the playoffs in 2011 after starting two and five. But I don't think any Tebow Magic's walking through that door in an absolutely laughable AFC West, which was 2011. Uh, Paul coming in saying good morning, y'all. Good to see you. Kathy one saying good morning, friends. Hi Nick and Eric. Wait, now what? I don't know. Sundays, maybe are going to be a little bit more enjoyable doing something else. Sunny days coming in here. Um, yep, it's rough. What do you think? Uh, we got Boozy Simmons coming in here saying, what do you guys think about Hackett's play calling? You see some guys open uh, from time to time. My biggest issue right now, and I don't give a, I'm an analytics guy. I do like, you know, a lot of the statistics and whatnot. I don't give a hoot what this one says, though. The Broncos run blocking is terrible. Like ESPN and PFF have them rated high. There must be some flaw in the system uh, for how they 
grade those actual situations because they are freaking horrible. They can't run the football. They haven't been able to run the football efficiently all season. And um, it's hurting the team and the play calling. I mean, when the offensive line, when it's constantly third and seven, although they were better in this game, I thought there was a lot of, you know, third and one, third and twos, which was refreshing to see. God, oh my God, we're not the third and eight constantly. I think a lot of that also has to do with the penalties uh, being cleaned up in this game. I think Denver only had four, uh, but play calling has been, uh, the play calling itself or the scheme. Okay. The scheme has been the best play calling has been second worst. Then it's been the game situation. So I give the play calling probably a D uh, overall. And the, then it's the game situations for this offensive coaching staff Hackett that are, has probably been the worst. See for me, play calling in of itself hasn't been terrible. Like I'm not going to say it's been a great, I'd probably give it a C plus B minus because we're seeing, we're seeing them attack the weaknesses of the defense pretty consistently with the play calling it's just the sequencing of it and the setting up plays. I mean, we saw with the Jets' 62-yard touchdown that they had, they set that run up by with multiple plays leading up to that, not just that series, but a the first couple drives that they had. And yeah. we don't see that from the Broncos. So that's where play calling takes a big hit. And then the constant, the stubbornness to try and get a screen game going that's just not working whatsoever and has hardly worked. I mean, outside of the Seahawks game where they had some success, it's been nothing. So it's time to review that and essentially take it out, which I kind of thought they would do after that mini bye week they had where they had that um, deep dive into the offense to see what's working and what's not and take out what's not. Well, screens weren't working, and yet they're still sticking with it. So I don't trust what the coaching staff has to say about that. So it's just – it's not pretty. And everything – when you have the inefficiencies that you have on the offense with your run blocking being so poor, it's hard to really properly judge how good or bad the play calling is. I'm a Jimmy's and Joe's guys, not an X's and O's guys. And the X's and O's are failing right now, but the Broncos are lacking talent on the offensive side of the ball. And pretty much everybody is not living up to expectations on that side. So it's rough. And another guy, another thing that's a bummer is a, a great game by the defense. Once again, squandered. I mean, this is a very talented defense. As you Evero has these guys, I mean, they are, they're talented. Then you have the quarterback, Patrick Sertan's great. They can do a lot of things with him. Safeties have been poor. I'm Justin Simmons is probably still playing with injury. I mean, let's be honest. This was a bad game from him. Overall, and uh, the linebacking core is lacking with Josie Jewell once again hurt. But uh, overall, I think it's a pretty talented defense. Uh, they, they've they been missing the game-breaking turnover or points of turnover. Maybe, hey, you could argue maybe they had it with DJ Jones having this uh, look like a, a scoop and score. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm blind. Uh, but uh, Gene Steratore also, yeah, this is a, definitely a fumble. Nope, it's not on the field because, of course, not this season for Denver. Uh, Dr. Van Nostrand coming in here saying, next up, getting embarrassed internationally. I don't know, man. The Jags have a made a pretty good habit of getting embarrassed, but so have the Jets before this. So uh, we'll see. I mean, I, I'm honestly of the opinions just set Wilson, uh, sit Wilson again, given through the bye week at this point. It's two and five. It's who cares what pick we're sending the Seahawks. I see Seahawks fans in here. Thanks for the top five pick. You're welcome. I guess the only all I can say for myself is at least it's in the NFC. Um, but uh, we'll see if it's a top five pick when it ends. Uh, Ashton say not even mad, just dumb. Yeah, apathy is starting to become pretty obvious in Denver uh, Broncos country. And I don't blame you guys. Uh, PJ Allen saying backup quarterbacks don't come around like they used to. Yeah, they don't. Um, Holy Diver saying let the trades begin. Ryan Slavic in the house saying good morning, Nick and Eric in Broncos country. No words really at this point. Yeah, Eric and I started the show. I'm like, I don't even know what to say at this point. It's just the just crap uh, 
crap show. Um, what is our next move in your guys' opinion? Start trading players, fire Hackett. I would be shocked if Hackett is fired before the season, but at this way, the point, the way it's training right now at this point, I'd be shocked if he's here next year as well. Now we got over half a season to go, but just barely. Um, but uh, just the, you know, pooping your pants look that we constantly see on the sideline of decision makings. I mean, with, what was it 58 yard, 56 yard field goal attempt yesterday when your defense is playing good, throw, uh, running, throwing the ball from shotgun on third and one, uh, throwing Hail Marys on third and three. I mean, like, I just don't, I don't understand what the plan is, what the, the vision, the thought process. It just seems like they're just pulling plays and decisions, especially with game time, uh, uh, gameplay decisions out of a hat, you know, but who knows? Um, so, uh, Probably we'll see starting to see some trades happen here pretty soon, but I think Hackett gets the season. Yeah, I would. There was a George Payton comment that was made some point last year that touched on his thoughts on firing a quarter uh, head coach midseason, and it's a, it was essentially basically saying that it's not something he want he would ever he want wants to do or would look to do or anything like that. You yeah. give him the season and move on there, and it's a thought shared by many. I mean, unless you are like unless you're creating issues for the team added issues for the team like we saw in Jacksonville last year like it's typically not a good idea to fire your coach midseason unless there is a guy on the staff that you legit want to give a legit look at as being a head coach and I don't see anybody on the staff that I'd be wanting to do that I mean Zach Azani I've seen some people talk about him I mean, the receivers are underperforming. He's got a good track record with that. But, I mean, has he ever called plays in the NFL? Has he ever been an offensive coordinator in the NFL? Going from a receiver coach up to that, that's a little bit iffy for me. Um, Evero, I mean, I wouldn't want to add more to his plate. I mean, he's a first-time defensive coordinator, even though he was a passing game coordinator last year for the Rams. Like, I wouldn't want to add more there. Uh, so there's just nothing I would do. That, but one thing I would is I would take play calling away. I don't care who you give it to at this point. Um, I just take play calling away from Hackett. See if that ha- manages to help him out with some of these other issues he has. Got to be Clint Kubiak. Call plays for Minnesota. It wasn't great last year, but at least, you know, they're a middling offense. So that's the one that uh, comes to uh, comes to for me. But we'll see. Andrew Lamp coming in here. Morning, men. Nick, I sorry. Both your teams are offensive offensive on the offensive side of the ball. I think literally the Iowa Hawkeyes and the Denver Broncos are both the worst offenses in their respective leagues. So it's a, it's an absolute uh, laughing stock out here. Um, all you can do is laugh. Sun still came up though. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Andrew wicked royalty. Welcome to Broncos anonymous. <laughs> I love that. Um, we got the geeks coming in saying, man, it's rough, but Rippon played better than Russell waiting patiently. I mean, I think Russell, at his highest, granted, the sample size is a lot better. Uh was better than Rippon, but Rippon worked the quick game a little better, hence Jerry Judy uh, doing. I thought Rippon also did better with line checks, which is shocking. I mean, Russell Wilson wants to be this Peyton Manning quarterback, but if you can't even get the pre-snap line checks with obvious guys coming down the A-gap, I mean, you're not God-blessed Peyton Manning. You're not even, I don't know, Chad Pennington, if you can't call out those um, obvious uh pressures on third down that they keep sending over and over again, like they did in the chargers game. But uh, it's rough. Uh, they got to figure something out here. Um, I keep coming back to the best way to run a Russell Wilson offense. And I'm doubling down on this is you got to be able to have a very good run game uh, where then Russell Wilson plays complement to that run game. And you're having heavier boxes. The play action is working. Then uh, teams are actually respecting that rather than pinning their ears back on the play action looks, but that's not been the Broncos so far this season. And 
I don't know if that's any team, uh, any defense going forward with how they're playing play actions and whatnot and playing lighter boxes. Like, okay, run us to death. Broncos might have to be a team that builds uh, that way over the next few seasons with uh, Russell Wilson in house for at least uh, the next three. Yeah. And I mean, we've seen it in Seattle is they've gone to this thing where they've tried to let Russell Wilson be Peyton Manning and it's failed. And then they go back to what Pete Carroll wants to do and, I know in the offseason, I crapped on how stubborn Carroll is as a head coach. But I mean, in hindsight now, I was being an idiot because what Carroll was doing was working. I mean, he wasn't letting, he wasn't caving for to Russell Wilson consistently, letting him continue to hurt the team being a quarterback he isn't, and would sit there and move the pocket for him, go back to these things Wilson doesn't want to do. And we saw Wilson bounce back pretty consistently with that. I mean, the let Russ cook thing has needs to end here in Denver. We need a head coach that's going to um, step up and say that it's not working. We can't, you can't sit here and keep the uh, the whole team being held back by your quarterback trying to do something that he doesn't want to do. And it doesn't mean that just because you change it, it'll get significantly better. But we have seen the offense be more effective and more efficient when they do the things that we know Wilson can do. And so it's just got to, we need a coach that can do that and not just be buddy, buddy with the quarterback, letting him do whatever. Yeah. It's uh, just crazy. How many different you move the uh, pieces of crap on the board around and it's still pieces of crap. You know, it doesn't matter how you serve it. Benjamin Flores morning, fellas, sad times. Indeed. Uh, Deshaun Berube coming in saying, why are we this bad? Quarterbacks, poor offensive line is poor injuries and the Broncos defense right now. And partially because the offense is so bad, but they're also not getting, the key takeaways uh, so far this season. We had chances early on with strip sacks. Of course, they bounce right into the chest, uh, the bellies of other teams, which sometimes it'd be, it be, <laughs> sometimes it'd be like that. Um, but uh, yeah, there's so many things to go around. It's a, the biggest thing is that there's just not one single issue that it's easy to fix. This is beyond the leaky dam syndrome. It's the full on, you know, Titanic taking on uh, water on multiple levels uh, for this team right now. And Without that pick to kind of look forward to, it's and also tying yourself to Russell Wilson, you are going down with the ship. Uh, George Payton probably going down with the ship. Uh, luckily, you still have two or three more rolls of the dice, probably, if you're Payton, uh, with trying to figure it out around Russell Wilson, including the coaching staff and the offensive style and personnel. But uh, it's bad right now. I just, I mean, <laughs> why are we this bad? Point at everything, <laughs> pretty much across the board on offense. Yeah, I mean, and on the George Payton topic, I'm in the I'm in the belief that if things don't start to turn around, if we don't start to see progress from Hackett and this coaching staff, and George Payton decides to give him another year, then George George Payton is tied with Hackett. Yeah. Like you, you can't you, he doesn't get another a shot at another head coach. He doesn't get another shot. If Hackett is done after the twenty twenty three season, then Payton needs to go as well. Um barring you know seeing some improvement over the course of the season from the coaching staff and how this team is doing like if it's the same stuff as that is they're tied at the hip and he is tied at the hip with russell wilson as well like peyton can't peyton won't be able to survive this because this was the move that he made this was a move that he was playing for in the 2021 nfl draft like he was playing to get that veteran quarterback and if it fails that is on him and doesn't matter. I mean, I've seen a lot of people defend it because of how Justin Fields is doing. It doesn't matter what Justin Fields is doing. We can't speak about anything Justin Fields would do if he was the pick at nine over Patrick Sertan. 
that has absolutely nothing to do with it. It was a bad process. And one of the things that pay, that even though Sertan is looking good, the whole franchise quarterback is harder to find than a franchise quarterback thing with comment. It's become a meme for a reason. And so you do have Peyton tied at the hip with Russell Wilson and potentially tied at the hip with uh, um, Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's rough out here, um, but we'll f- see what happens uh, with this coaching staff going forward. Uh, we're talking about the coaching staff. Coach Chris in here, 20 to bucks, saying, I don't know about you, but Rippon looked better in the offense than Russ. I'm going to peel back this onion first. I think the offense looked better is because the penalties totally cut down uh, by a lot. Rippon was in f- far better situations on third down than the- Russell Wilson has been this entire year. I bet you the Broncos yards to go on third down in this game was probably about three or four. Um, where on the season, I'm guessing the average before this was about nine uh, because of how many penalties they had in those situations. So um, the difference wasn't a lot, but I don't know if Rippon looked better, but the quick game was better. You just didn't get the explosives uh, as much, at least. Uh, in the end, it's the scheme and coaching. I'd be surprised if it makes it past the bye week. Can't go with him. Again, it's talking about moving pieces of turds on a plate around. If you're firing uh, Hackett right now and elevating who knows who, is that guy really going to solve anything? You're probably going to have to clean house anyway in the off season. And also it's probably going to be a new offensive scheme again, or some iteration of a new offensive scheme. I think probably the safest thing to do is to write it out this season. Uh, unfortunately, unless you have somebody in house that you feel deserves a shot that you want to evaluate. I can't speak to that. There's nobody really obvious right now that m- would make sense to me. Um, I know that everybody's excited about his year ever long-term prospects, Heck, if you if somebody wanted to come in and make that argument for me, I'd probably listen uh, at this point because of how bad things have been. But uh, yeah, right now it's uh, it's tough. I don't think firing Hackett and getting started. I see people like, why are you waiting to to do it? Because any move you make is probably going to be again redone in the off season. So you're just going to create more uh, confusion out there, a worse product, and you're not playing for a draft picks, unfortunately, because you don't have your draft picks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as I was saying, as I said a little bit ago, I mean. I don't. I wouldn't expect Hackett fired during the season, um, simply because not only is it his first year, it is George Payton's first head coaching hire. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine he will um, be willing to say I messed up this badly that my first head coach isn't even getting a full season. Mm-hmm. And because then you'll have some out there that are questioning, well, what if he improved? So. He, he gets that chance. He gets a full season to show improvement. We haven't seen any of it so far. And then afterwards, it's evaluated and determined then. Yeah. Montana Altitude coming in here, saying new coach, new system now. Why waste time? Use the present team to get a new system ingrained for the future ASAP. Because you haven't even done the head coaching process and the coaches that you'd be interested in bringing in. This We're already talking about Hackett like he's gone. Um, potentially the new coaches you would uh, – bring in would bring in their new guys and new systems. So anything you're doing right now would very likely be changed. And also if you are in a head coaching system or a search this off season, you don't want to be limited to the system you change to mid season in a craptastic season. This has turned out to be, you know, how many, you don't want to limit your options. there. just kind of like, you didn't want, you should probably in hindsight, shouldn't have limited your options as much to, or at least for fans and myself speaking young offensive mind. Okay. Well now, now you're already, you know, taking out half the league. Uh, you need to f- just find the best guy, the best fit uh, for the job, no matter where they come from. I mean, heck, can we hire somebody from like a 
college team in London that's a, so- a soccer team and do a little Ted Lasso, reverse Ted Lasso over here <laughs> um, for the Broncos going for it. I don't know if anybody's seen that. We need a little Ted Lasso uh, in here, although Hackett's kind of got that happy-go-lucky thing going right now, but it's uh, it's ugly. I mean, and it's not just the whole young offensive mind as to why they went and hired Hackett. I mean, a good reason of that is that he wasn't this rough around the edges, um, non, not necessarily not friendly, but he was. He, he's a player's coach. He's friendly. He's going to do what the players want, and they didn't want somebody who could, who's a little bit more rough, like Vic Fangio was, because it did start to create some issues in the locker room, which is understandable when things don't aren't working that rougher on the edges is going to cause that friction. And Dan Quinn, despite him being loved by his players, he's a little bit more of that rough and gruff guy because it's like, he'll be nice and enjoy, but you still have to go out there and you still have to perform. He'll hold you accountable. Well, I wasn't a big fan of Dan Quinn as the head coach candidate, but that type of coach is exactly what Denver needs in my opinion. And because Hackett's just, Hackett keeps caving to the players a little bit and we need somebody that will sit there and pull the reins and not, not just about Russell Wilson, but about multiple other things about it or with this team, we need somebody that can pull the reins and get things in check. And that is something that Dan Quinn can do. That's why we need a coach like him, which hey, maybe he'll be the guy in this next off season. If Hackett gets fired because Sean Payton will be taking over and changing out the staff in Dallas. Yep. Uh, we got Lawrence Rivera coming in, always a supporter of the show over on Facebook with stars saying, what's up guys. Do any of our wide receivers have hands? I think they have hands. Um, sometimes inconsistent there from Hamler and Judy specifically Sutton's hands have bad drops this year too, although he makes some tougher catches from time to time, but the, they have hands. It's just, everything looks bad right now. It's just like a, a negative uh, feedback loop for the offense. So at least they cleaned up penalties this week, though. Right, guys? So one thing, check. let's check that one off. Maybe next week they'll start uh, executing a little better as well. D Porter coming in saying, good morning, Broncos country. Not much positive to talk about football-wise, so I'll just let you all have a great day. Thank you so much, D Porter. Uh, by the way, I think you guys might have missed $20 Super Chat from Coach Chris. Haven't missed it yet. Just working our way down because we got a lot of people in here hanging out. So uh, we see you, Coach Chris. We appreciate you. Oh, I was like, Eric, what the hell are you pulling up on the screen there? Um, we got Paul Swallow in the house saying good morning from Spokane, Washington. Uh, good to see you, Paul Swallow. Trying to work our way down, make sure we didn't miss anybody here. Dennis Chandler coming in, $10 super saying, would it make any sense to fire Hackett and promote Evero to head coach just to see if he could be the head coach going forward? I don't see Peyton hiring another head coach without head coaching experience next year. Your second point there make it, makes it seem like the first point is not as likely, right? If you're curious to see what Evero has, but you're already looking for the experienced head coach next year, then you're just making a move to make a move, which at this point I can't fault anybody for feeling that way or doing that. Honestly, it's been that bad, but uh, if somebody really wanted to make a case for Evro, like I said earlier, I'd be, I'd be interested because it does seem like the players respond to him really respect him. He does seem like an extremely intelligent guy. Can it get worse? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think it can. So I guess what would happen, but worst case scenario here, when Evro goes to head coach, the defense falls off a cliff because they're losing that scheme guy. And that's, a possibility, I guess, but uh, heck, I mean, I, I don't even care anymore about what pick the Seahawks are getting. You know, it's great, good for them. Um, you probably got to figure something out here internally. And if heck, it's not the guy, then maybe you do look at Evro. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't look at moving Evro just simply because you said the defense is at least performing well. And I wouldn't say they're great, they're a very good defense. And 
it's this whole argument of I don't think they're top five, but I think they're top ten and close to that top five. Um, which hey, that's still a really good defense, and I wouldn't risk having that drop off because who knows if that's actually going to fix the offense. The offense is the issue here. Promoting your defensive coordinator to head coach, firing your head coach, all you're doing is potentially seeing this drop off on the defense, and I wouldn't risk it. Um, if you're going to fire hack into the season, you look at promoting somebody on the offensive side of the ball um, and seeing if that can get the offense fixed. And just, it's just a situation of, again, I don't see it happening. Um, I don't see Hackett being fired in the in, during the season. And if he does get fired after the end of the season, I would expect somebody with some head coaching experience to be the top candidate in Denver. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I got some uh, annoying Seahawks fans. Uh, what is the spamming the chat? Now, I don't mind the Seahawks <laughs> fans coming in here, but uh, if you're just going to be trolling, then uh, see you later. Um, but uh, we got uh, Yo-Yo saying peace. Hopefully you're doing well, Yo-Yo. Sorry, Denver Broncos for life. Good to see you. Um, we got Carrie saying, I'm going to watch some podcasts. You always down in the Broncos like we know they're bad. Keep kicking them while they're down. You How you can call yourself a Bronco fan? Uh, honestly, here more here to uh, become a uh, – or talk, analyze the game rather than a fan podcast. If you're looking for a fan podcast, everything is awesome. There are other shows out there for you, but we're going to try to break down the game and uh, talk about what's happening here. And, uh, you know, I think, I honestly think we're probably the least negative of a lot of the shows on here. I don't want to, you know, <laughs> uh, when Chad and Zach get going in the post game, you know, fire and brimstone going on, they you know, anger uh, spewed forward uh, much more than on here. We're just a little bit, this is the, uh, the big sad podcast this morning. Mark Lindemann saying, good morning, Broncos country. What will be the excuses next year when we suck? I think they'll get better um, next season because why not? <laughs> um, we have to, I'm going to try to be a little more positive here so we don't have as a uh, – you're right. It's a little bit uh, too bummer right now. But um, hopefully next season you have an offseason where you have a little bit more um, idea of what you need to do around Russell Wilson leading into the offseason so you can scout those kind of players and have some form of an identity of the body types – positional groups, et cetera, et cetera, that you want to maximize and also have a year of um, data analysis uh, internal uh, internally where it's like, okay, what really worked for Russell Wilson last year? Let's say it's under center 12, 12 personnel or yeah, 12 personnel, two tight ends. Um, you're looking for another tight end to pair out there. Cause you like what you see with Greg Dulcich and then maybe a little bit stronger on the interior offensive line. Cause so you can run the football a little better. Then that should set you up to be a little bit better on the offensive side of the ball. But um Right now, they, you know, we're just kind of coping, uh, c- coping ourselves into talking about that. I think. Mean, what do you think, Eric? What can the Broncos do uh, this offseason or from this point forward to start preparing for a better 2020, 2023? Um, go out and get about 50 offensive linemen. like Because okay. at that point, one of them has got to work. Um, but, ser- I mean, seriously, it's make improvements on the offensive line because the offensive line, it doesn't matter. shouldn't say it doesn't matter. But that is something that you have to have no matter what you have to have the players on the offensive line. And it's a thing of, as we're seeing this year, one guy isn't enough. I mean, we saw that with the Browns for so long, it was um, Thomas. And then they started building up the rest of the unit and they ended up having one of the best offensive lines. Yeah. You still have to have the quarterback, but you need your guys on the offensive line. You got to improve the trenches. Dalton riser and Lloyd Cushenberry are absolutely terrible. I mean, Dalton Reiser, I mean, we can just call we can just call him Mr. Grounded because he's always on the ground. Um, Lloyd Cushenberry's not any better. Just improve that offensive line and 
form an identity in the running game because, as you mentioned earlier, you need the running game to help and have Wilson play complementary football to that. That is the way that you get him success, that you can get success from him. So you got to make those improvements on the offensive line. And it doesn't matter what scheme you're running, really. Obviously, depending on the run scheme, you want to find guys that can fit that. But just find players, like find players that can be or look to find players that doesn't matter what scheme you're running, like that they can go out there and they can perform and they can execute and they're just good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we got Jeremy Sean coming in saying uh, Salah looks better year two. So does Nick Sirianni. Even Mike McCarthy looks better. I know we want to scapegoat, but everything is going wrong this year. It's not just one guy. There are margins here. It's not binary. And with how incompetent uh, the game situation has been with Nathaniel Hackett, you know, out there saying the same thing week to week. It's just, I have no doubt that next season would be better offensively if you kept Hackett in here. But where where's your starting point? And none of those teams last year were by far the worst offense in football uh, with horrible game time decisions like we're seeing this year uh, from the the Denver Broncos. So, Yes, it would be better next year, but it's not like you have very much to it would it would be hard to be worse, I guess. You not have much to build on right now. So again, you're getting the rest of the season. And like Eric said earlier, at that point, you're asking George Payton, okay, if you want to ride with Hackett again, that's on you. If you want to give him another season, year two will be better, that's fine. You're riding this ship though. And if he goes down, you're going down too. Uh it's pretty that it's unfortunately that simple, um, in my opinion. But uh if you want to get a restart on that and give yourself another two years, probably unfortunately three coaches in three years looking on and probably getting a veteran coach that's out there to come in to right the ship. And, you know, John Fox, this situation, unfortunately, which doesn't have a high ceiling, but right now I don't even give a hoot about the ceiling. It's the floor of this team that is uh, killing me. Yeah. And in this case, I mean, Robert Sala, his offense is still is terrible. I mean, there's they're winning games because of their defense. Um, I mean, they had a and a special teams because they had a special teams touchdown, not against the Broncos, but the against the Packers. Like they've stepped up where you would expect them to, and they're the bottom of the Jets last year wasn't this low. Like they're improving, and I would say they're they're playing better than their talent level suggests, which that's a great thing from to see from the head coach. But it's not shocking that he is looking better. Same with Nick Sarani. I mean. The issue there is you had Jalen Hurts that you were still trying to figure out who he is and still work with him at developing a coach, and he saw the flashes of what he could be last year. They're just now getting him to be consistent, and the defense took a tremendous step forward as well. So, yeah, there is improvements, but, again, it's the situation of the floor. And then Mike McCarthy, doesn't matter how the Cowboys look this year, I do think that he's just been a filler, and I think that Sean Payton's the guy they're waiting for. Obviously, we'll see. We'll see if that actually ends up being the case, but, I mean – they dealt with so many injuries last year, not trying to give them the injury excuse. Their defense looked good, and they had so many flashes on both sides of the ball that it's not surprising that they're taking a step forward. With Hackett trying to use with this defense of him, of these other guys and what they've done, we're not seeing those flashes on this Broncos offense. I mean, their big plays have literally been broken coverages and luck, and that's not sustainable, and that's not something that you can build off of to improve in year two. Yeah, especially in that first half of the uh, Chargers game. I was kind of not rolling my eyes a little bit. Everyone's like, oh, Russell Wilson's back. I'm like, Chargers are freaking up left and right out here. This is going to get cleaned up. All I have to do is go into a more conservative shell, and uh, those plays are gone. And unfortunately, that's what happened last week. Uh, But uh, we got Miguel coming in here saying, good morning, fellas. Let's say Hackett is one and done. Ever become a head coach. What what options do you have at offensive coordinator? I think Clint Kubiak's the only guy on the staff that has called plays. So it's probably at least... 
at the NFL level. I can't speak for college or even high school for some of those guys, but uh, it's probably then Clint Kubiak being elevated to quarterback coach slash play caller slash offensive coordinator. My my issue with Clint Kubiak, it's nothing to do, to do with Clint Kubiak whatsoever, really. Um, how can I don't see how you can turn to him to be your offensive coordinator when your starting quarterback just essentially is ignoring him for his own personal coach. Like mm-hmm. he's not he's not the quarterback coach for Russell Wilson, really. He's just the quarterback coach for Brett Rippon because Russell Wilson has his own guy, which is another thing that I think George Payton and Nathaniel Hackett all should start working on cutting out. Um, because you have from everything I've heard is his personal coach and um, the coach and Clint Kubiak are trying to do, get him to do two different things. And he's not listening to the team coach. He's listening to his personal coach. And we're going to have a whole off season of this conversation, but like at some point, do they kick the personal coaches out of Dove Valley and whatnot? Does that further alienate him? Because like, you got to be playing like Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen to really have that level of, power and play in my opinion and this is you know bottom 10 quarterback play you cannot i don't care what you've done in the Mm -hmm. past as far as that point you've done nothing here uh in denver to date so uh i don't know maybe i'm sounding pretty harsh and bitter here but uh, it's it's uh it's rough and jeremy coming in here saying the injuries are crazy russ has been a shell of himself to completely blame hack it isn't fair the players need to be accountable as well yeah yes a hundred percent uh i don't disagree at all it's not all hackett's fault Unfortunately, uh, somebody is going to probably be scapegoated for this season and Hackett has not done well, even if you give him the excuses of all these things around him. Uh, He has been poor, so it's not fully his fault without a doubt, Um, but it's easier to fix one person than an entire unit. And uh, right now, probably the head coach is where it falls. And not only that is, at least with me, I've been trying to be fair, I guess would be the way to put it and put the blame everywhere. I've talked a lot about Russell Wilson and his issues with it, the offensive line. I mean, one of the mornings last week, Scott had to tell me, he's like, we're going to try to stop bagging on the offensive line now for a little bit. Um, so it's, it is an issue of everything. But the thing is, for me, is who are you tied to more? The franchise quarterback you traded all this stuff for and handed $245 million to, or the rookie head coach? Like, which one are you tied to more? So scapegoating Hackett, it's not fair to completely put say the blames all him, all on him because it isn't. But he is the one that is easier to move on from and replace than it is your quarterback, and he's easier to try and find an improvement at the head coach coaching position than it is to completely essentially rebuild your offensive line or adding to, or rebuilding your or your receiver unit outside of Sutton or your tight end room outside of Dulcich or your running back room because. Quite frankly, there's a concern that Pookie Williams won't be ready to go by the season start next year because of the injury he had. That it might be week six, week seven next year before we get him. So you got to find an improvement there and somebody who can better your running back unit until he gets back. It's just easier to look at the head coach and get a replacement there and hope for something better than it is every other issue with this team. 100%. I'm just looking at the stats of this game. How in the horrible hell uh did the broncos drop back brett ripon for 47 times yeah. 47 times with your undrafted free agent backup quarterback who was debatably not even going to make a 53 man roster and you drop back 47 times with the offensive line struggling as much as it's done you drop back 47 times i mean this is another thing we we're talking about the offensive line or the head coach excuse me 
what kind of game plan is that? Like who is deciding you need to protect the quarterback and yourself uh, in that situation. I don't even want to see Russell Wilson drop back 35 times. This had Brett Rippon 47 <laughs> dropbacks in a game that was that close. What the heck are we doing? I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, we let it rip Nick. Yeah, we did. Um, <laughs> and the Broncos are not running uh, very well either. So before we wrap it on up and get on out of here, Eric, in my opinion, um, just overall team building going forward, I think the Broncos need to lean, and this is me coming full circle and kind of like, you know, I guess I'll just eat crow on this one, being wrong before, but I think they need to lean really hard into the offensive line going forward, kind of like what the Lions have done over the last few seasons. Uh, the offensive lines, I know, I know they only put up six points last week, but I mean, Jared Goff's limited quarterback. They have some injuries there. But I think if you pour some resources into the offensive line, maybe you're going to limit some explosives on the outside. Maybe your defense takes a little bit of a step back. But I think that outside of the quarterback position can help raise the floor of the entire unit and give you the ability to go either way, game to game, uh, can, compared to what the Broncos have been doing so far. So leaning hard in the offensive line, maybe paying a big contract to somebody, uh, right tackle or an interior offensive lineman, bringing them in and uh, starting building around that unit as the basis because the, pretty much the Broncos have done everything but that on the offensive side so far trying to figure it out and we're stuck with Russell Wilson. The quarterback is not uh, a, ch a change you can make probably, I think just leaning really hard into the OL becoming more of a run game uh, oriented team. And hopefully that bears fruit in the next two seasons. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to invest in on the offensive line and I don't think anybody expect the regression that we saw or we're seeing even with the whole change at the offensive line coach, which no matter what, Butch Berry can't make it to year two, period. It doesn't matter. I mean, he's basically had the same offense, same players on the offensive line as um, Munchak had last year, dealing with Saint with injuries as well, and the unit's worse. And what's frustrating with that is you get rid of Munchak because he doesn't really care for care to coach the outside zone, not saying he can't, and then you see him go to Minnesota and help install their outside zone scheme. And then in Denver, you're running predominantly inside zone, which is something that Munchak can do quite well. Like it's just a head scratcher there. And you got to invest on the offensive line, not just with the players. You got to improve your offensive line coach as well. Um, getting, I can't remember who, which coach it was, but there's a head coach that said, if you're going to have two bad players on your offensive line, you have to have three great players on your offensive line. And then in the same statement, he made the comment that you can't have your bad players next to each other. Well, Denver doesn't have three great players on their offensive line. They have two of their two worst offensive linemen are playing next to each other, which is just such a clear weakness that teams are able to exploit it. Um, so go and improve your center position. Go and find a legit option at right tackle. And stop with the signing of guys you know are dealing with injuries and expecting them to pan out. They knew about Tom Compton's back injury when they signed him, which is part of the reason why he only got a one-year deal. They knew about Billy Turner's issues with his knee when they signed him, which, again, is part of the why he got the one-year deal. And they bet on Calvin Anderson showing development. And we make the comment about the pass protection in the game. It got significantly worse when Anderson went it took the field. Significantly worse. worse. Yeah, he's – I don't care that he interacts with fans or does the shish emoji. He's, he's bad. He's just not a good yeah. player. So, sorry, guys. Um, but, yeah, I think that's – that's going to be my strategy uh, going forward. I think just really poor resources in the offensive line uh, going forward. You're not, not going to have a top 10 pick, unfortunately, but luckily for the Broncos in order to improve the offensive line, it's not going to take, 
you know, a $20 million a year contract because paying a center and guard two of the lowest paid positions in football uh, on average uh, for the top guys is you're going to be able to do that. The question is, are you going to get stuck with the Graham Glasgow uh, type of guy where, you know, he was paid a top guard contract and ended up being a below average, average player before the injury below average after that. Uh, I don't know, but uh, obviously Reisner's free agent at the end of the year, Cushenberry Broncos looked over and over again uh, for center upgrades in the draft. Uh, didn't happen, unfortunately. Uh, Cam Jurgens went earlier than they had hoped, I'm guessing, and also probably uh, was Cole Strange. I, I think there was some Cole Strange love as well on him going in the first. Somewhat surprising, uh, and he's been playing good football over there in New England. So uh, I think that's probably the direction to go with the limited resources you have and just how this team is built right now. Um, getting back to base, it's winning in the trenches a little bit better, more on the offensive side of the ball, and then building out around that. Yeah, I definitely agree. And before we get out of here, there's one comment I want to make. Um, going to the defensive side of the ball, can we stop talking about Patrick Sertan being a physical corner? Because whenever it comes to run defense or tackling, he looks um, about as physical as my daughter does. I mean, that one play he had yesterday, that was that wide receiver screen that he comes up and he just completely whips it. Like, that was bad. I mean, there was a play against the Colts. Matt Ryan fumbled it. Ball is laying right in front of Patrick Chetan instead of diving for it. He pulls up, and it's just a consistent issue with it. Sure, he plays physical in coverage, but if you're going to be a physical corner, you got to be physical in all phases for it. And that's one thing that really bothers me with this defense is that it's not just him either. There's multiple other guys that are missing tackles. And Alex Singleton, I mean, he was all hyped up for how much um, tackles he had for the last two seasons, and he's just consistently missing tackles. Justin Simmons is missing tackles. Um, as good as Evero is like, you got to sit here and figure out what's going on with the, the tackling issues and just be a more physical unit consistently against the run. I have no qualms about the physicality on the defensive line or edges. Yeah. Uh, well, guys, hopefully this therapy was uh, better for you guys and, uh, <laughs> hopefully things get a little bit better here going forward. Um, you guys will once again have the huddle up guys, Zach and Chad, uh, fire and brimstone. I'm sure tonight coming up from the huddle up podcast. So, uh, hopefully it gets a little bit better here, uh, for the Broncos going forward. And, uh, we're going to be here no matter what, maybe the Broncos offense doesn't show up week to week, but we show up every day. Uh, so appreciate you guys and you guys showing up every day as well. 271 people in the chat. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you hit the thumbs up and on Facebook and, uh, subscribe on the way out and make sure you're following Eric and I, uh, follow Eric on Twitter at Eric trickle, follow myself at Nick Kendall, MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at uh, BFB underscore pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you're joining our Facebook community at Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod and Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle. And as the ticker says underneath, please subscribe, like, and share on YouTube. Click that bell notification. Thank you guys so much. Uh, We appreciate the heck out of you for joining us today. Thanks to Eric uh, for joining. Scott is busy in New Orleans. I'm sure it's sports related down there for his kids. So, uh. We'll have Scott and I again tomorrow morning, but Eric waking up even earlier than me. I'm up at 6.30 for this show, or not up at 6.30. We are at 6.30 for the show. Eric's at 5.30, so Eric may be uh, slumbering back to bed. Uh, what's up for, for you for the rest of the morning here? I'm going to get working on my grades and everything, and then going and taking a nap. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I got a solution for you to fall asleep immediately. Just put on... First, start on with a nice little course of the Iowa Hawkeyes offense and then kick over to the Denver Broncos offense. We appreciate you guys. Everyone have a good one. Continue to choose passion and kindness. Uh, Love y'all. Go Broncos.